And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. And Ari, I was going to tease this by saying you're out in sunny California at the Elite 11, but you're just in a hotel room and it looks kind of dark and dim in there. But I Actually, hope you're enjoying it. in this hotel room is terrible. Yeah, I'm telling you, you don't look you don't look as uh, as good as normal. You look good, but not as good as normal. I don't look as, as good, good as normal. As normal? Oh, right. Okay. Well, maybe it's because night, I was vomiting all weekend. Sleep? Maybe that probably has something to do with it. Yeah, Ari was sick, but he rallied. He's at the Elite Eleven. Hope you got a good night's sleep with no baby waking you up. That's always nice on a road trip. Was that the case? Yeah, yeah. That's the I got really good night's sleep. So um, I'm really fired up to be out here. I thought the quarterbacks looked really really good and i'm assuming we'll get into that um yeah we're gonna get into. but this this, is one of my favorite trips of the year because it's like the only opportunity where you're able to be around um so many great players at once. best of the best yeah um so we got obviously a lot going on in the world of recruiting um another huge quarterback domino has fallen some post arch momentum at texas ohio state has climbed to number one in the rankings We'll go over some other of the big commitments of the past week, have some mailbag mailbag questions in trivia, but first let's stick with the quarterback theme. Arch Manning news came after our pod, our regularly scheduled pod last week, but we followed up with an emergency pod and then a roundtable pod, so we don't really need to cover that specific news. You can find it there. Hopefully you listened um, but so you're out there and this morning you wrote a story on Dante Moore, who's the top, the top quarterback, the only top 50 national quarterback who is not yet committed. And so he's got sort of an interesting story. It's not quite arch like in its, in its stealthness, but he's not a guy that talks a lot. No, he doesn't like talking. It's like funny. Cause he made a, a line about like, he knows that people try to call him and he's like, he doesn't like talking on the phone cause he doesn't want anybody to misquote him. And he, he kind of sounded like Tony Soprano or something, or like from the movie yeah, Casino. It's line, like, do you yeah. like when you talk to people? Do you like put your hand over your mouth, you know, <laughs> so they don't record or, you? Or as an offensive coordinator that doesn't want anyone to see his play. But like, ball. you know, it's really hard because when you talk to a prospect who doesn't want you to know where he's going, then you know <laughs> the entire reason why people read the stories that we write is to figure out where they're going. You know, um, so it's like you go into it knowing you're not going to get the information that people really, really want, and. You know, part of the thing that we do at The Athletic that's a little bit different than other places is that we try to, like, put ourselves in their position a little bit, you know. And right now with the with the NIL stuff, um, it's probably not that easy to be a recruit right now, you know, in terms of, like, the way that you're perceived nationally and, and by the public. And he made a comment during his interview that I'm assuming that he did because he, he kind of has to is that, you know, he saw what happened to Jaden Rashada when he committed to Miami over the weekend. And, you know, there, there's conflicting reports about why he went to where he did um, and, you know, didn't go to Florida, went to Miami, NIL, all this speculation on the Internet running rampant. Um, and he just said he doesn't want to be a part of any of that. And, you know, to me, I kind of, you know, understand and can sympathize with that situation. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that he's the only remaining five-star prospect at quarterback position that hasn't made an announcement. And if you look, I think only three of the 15 or 16 or four of the 15 or 16 players who are competing at the elite 11 haven't issued commitments yet. So it's just kind of a nice reminder that, you know, quarterbacks are recruiting or are committing and being recruited at an earlier pace. And when you're a, a player like that, if you hold out longer, then all of a sudden the limelight's all on you. And it's like you're kind of like Will Smith in the living room at the end of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like you're by yourself. So, you know, um, I don't know where he's going to go. I think the entire world assumes that he's going to go to Oregon, you know, because it seems like things like ebb and flow a, a lot of times. And, you know, for a minute there, it's like he Notre Dame picked up CJ Carr. So then he's he might be going to Michigan. Then he goes to Oregon. 
Uh, but it's like, would anybody surpri- be surprised if like in two weeks, all of a sudden, like nine crystal balls came in for A&M? Like, would anybody be surprised if he committed to Oregon today? Like, it doesn't it's like really hard to really know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. So I tried to write a story about like just the position that he's in. And I hope that people perceive that well. Yeah. And we'll go back to quarterbacks in a minute, but I don't know if you were, uh, you, you were talking as you were talking, I noted that Texas just picked up a commitment from five-star wide receiver, Jonte cook. So we will, uh, uh that's huge news. We will that's get why back. he doesn't text me back the last few days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I had a feeling that you, was going to be happening. Soon. Yeah. I did yeah. a good story on, on Jonte. You can do a Google search for that uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago at a camp. So we'll get back to Jonte Cook and what's going on in Texas. But just some other observation. I, mean, I won't tell I won't say who it was. You jokingly sent me a video. You took a video of a really good quarterback who underthrew a receiver for like five yards and said, like, this guy sucks. I know you were just kidding. But uh, what are some of your other observations of what, what you've seen? out there? I'll Knowing be honest that you're not, with you. you, you Go ahead. And I'm going to write a column about this, and I, I said it on the Andy Staples show, but, like, these guys miss throws all the time. <laughs> and like, they're throwing against like air, right? You, they're throwing against air. Yeah, well, and there's nobody in their face, uh, and it's very windy because we're on Redondo Beach, and you can, like, feel the ocean air, like, breezing down onto the... And it makes me want to live here more than anything. Not that that was something I didn't realize before I got here, but... <laughs> I got hit with two balls yesterday. Like, it, I felt like it was, like... uh you know target practice out there a little bit except they were missing the target and i was the the unintended you know recipient of it but it's just a reminder that these kids are human and it's funny and i'm going to make this point in a story that i write this week mitch but cj stroud is here and caleb williams is he a is counselor here. how does that work they've it's got their counselors, counselors. They, they come okay. and they they work with the i think they get paid and they work you know as at the camp and they they do workouts with the players so it's like as the High school athletes are going through the drills. C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams um, um, were going through them as well. And I think it's insane. Like anybody uh, who has been in a college program for a while, how much stronger their arm gets. And um, Devin Leary's here from NC State, too. And you watch these guys throw and it's like, holy crap. They are so much better than the high school players. And it's like, just think about it. I'm just thinking uh, like these guys, most of them, they're all rising seniors. And I know if you're, if you're this good, you've developed early and you might have quote unquote red shirt in high school, you might be a year older, but some of these kids are only a few, three years post puberty. I mean, they're still growing into their bodies. And like CJ Stroud might be the number one overall pick in the draft next year. So like, I understand that there's, but like, it's just kind of a reminder of how big of a difference there is for two years of like weightlifting regiments and diets and, and college programs and game experience. It's like they were doing these drills and there's nobody even in their face and they're missing passes all the time. And CJ Stroud and, and Caleb Williams get up there and they're just firing. I mean, the, the ball comes off their hands and with such velocity and accuracy, it's insane. But there were, but you also can see the flashes and the glimpses of that to come for these other guys. Um, and like, I was like looking last night and the, the, player that ironically was one of the more impressive players to me was jj cole the iowa state commitment that we wrote Another about a few years about. ago and i saw his Mr. feet re- i yeah. saw his feet in real life They're they big. were massive yeah yeah <laughs> but it just seems like iowa state got something there you know he's a big kid and he, he's uh you know an in-state prospect who i think you know might you know, get other offers and has other offers and going to Iowa State is, is a nice little pickup for the Cyclones. And then the other kid um, that really blew me away was Chris Parson from, oh, from, from your neck of the woods. Yeah, and Great I'm going to try to talk to him. He looks like a college player. Like, I thought, like, when he was going through the drills, and I might write about this, I'm going to try to get him. It's really hard because there's like a 15 to 20 minute wid- window after and you've got like 20 stories you want to do and like you want to talk to people for more than four minutes. And like people are all over the place. It's hard to like wrangle people when you're alone. Well, he, he's on that list of uh, um, potential stories if you come to Nashville. Yes. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll save it then for that. But he has a rocket arm. Uh, I mean, like, Florida honestly, State. Yes, Did you say Florida, the, State, Florida State now? Yeah. Um, and I thought he was one of the college players when he was going through the drills. I asked Antonio. I said, holy crap. Who the hell is that? I was like, is that is that like some starter at some power five school that I'm just not recognizing? And it turned out to be him. Like he looks like advanced. So, you know, all these guys are good. I mean, Jackson Arnold had had his moments. Pierce Clarkson has a really pretty ball. Um, 
you know, I, I saw uh, Eli Holstein was out there and, you know, was wearing a baby blue shirt and kind of separated himself in certain drills. Dante Moore, Malachi Nelson has a cannon and is super accurate. I mean, it's like you can totally tell why certain guys are out there, um, you know, on this on this playing field. Now, the thing that I think is most interesting about this is that a lot of the times and maybe this is the reason why Arch Manning is, is rated the way that he is, is that all of these guys that are on this field have really great physical skills. Right, Mitch? Like they're, they're all out here because, you know, they have the physical talent. Now, the thing that I'll be curious about is the ones that make it and the ones that don't are the ones that have the right head on their shoulders, you know, assimilate well into the locker room, are good leaders. Um, understanding the, the game. game yeah like yeah. all the things that come into play from an intangible standpoint like i'm usually like uh, roll my eyes at the at the coach speak cliches but it's true i mean all these guys are very very physically gifted so you know there's a lot of uh, of different things to take away but it's like Jaden rashada for instance you know and i spoke to him a little bit last night after it was over with sweet kid uh you know missed a ton of throws and it's like the speculation is that he's making $9 million. And it's just like, if I may pay $9 million and I saw him, I would be like, Oh my God, this is not a sure thing investment. And it kind of like put into perspective. And I, and I, I don't know if I'm even going to you know, touch on it. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm giving the kid a hard time. It's just, I'm using him as an example of a reminder of just like, if you are going to pay a ton of money in the NIL, nothing is a sure thing. So like, this is a huge gamble even when you're talking about the elite elite 11 participants at the quarterback position. And, and he is obviously a very good quarterback, perceived to be a good quarterback. He's a top 50 national player. He's been invited to the elite 11, but he's number 45 national. He's seven among the quarterbacks. So that's, I think, I think when fans hear that number, you can believe it or not. Um, they're just assuming if you don't really follow recruiting that, Oh, he's the best quarterback in the country after arch. Well, According to the, the rankings, he's not. He's you know so not a five star. Doesn't mean he's not going to pan out. Hope it does for the kid for, with, with what's been going on there. Um, but okay, I want to transition to Texas. Then we'll go back to some topics that you've hit. Um, obviously, the big news last week was Arch Manning, and then kind of what would follow after. And they had a flurry of commitments. Sorry, they had five commitments on Sunday, but only one of them was a four star wide receiver, Jonah Wilson. And you kind of you and I texted back and forth. And I actually said this on a radio show today because they were asking me about recruiting, and I've learned so much from you about this. Yeah, I mean, you can see headlines. They got seven commitments, but if they're if they're not really raising the bar of talent, if they're just three star kids, then like big deal. Those kids they, they need to get the elite players. Well, on Monday they got five star safety Derek Williams from. New Iberia, Louisiana, and Texas now has two of the three top players in Louisiana. And then just as we started recording, five-star wide receiver Jonte Cook, an in-state kid from Texas who all along it looked like it was going to be a Texas-Texas A&M battle. They flipped Billy Walton from Dallas South Oak Cliff yesterday, a former Oklahoma State commitment, a high three-star. So they're starting to get there. The class is number three now. They have three top 100 guys, Two, I mean four top 100 guys, three five-stars. It's starting to get there, Ari. Yeah, I mean, these are the types of commitments that I was waiting for. Um, and I don't know because the John Tate Cook thing just happened. Um, but is it even reflected in the rankings? Because they might be other oh, two now, I think. So, two? Okay. yeah, yeah. They already moved up to two. And I think they have more five star uh, players. So Ohio State the, one, Texas Ohio, two, Notre Dame three now. That's right. And okay. Texas has the most five star players committed um, in the country so far. And one of which is the number one overall player in Arch Manning. So. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that they've got three five star prospects on the top of their class now. And it's like if they finish with six, which is certainly within the realm of possibility with Arch Manning in the fold. It gets back to the, the realization of what we talked about so much a week ago, which is the impact of Arch. And it's just like, I don't know John Tay Cook very well. I've spoken to him once or twice. I would be surprised. And this is just my opinion. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I would be surprised if he was committed to Texas right now. If Arch Manning didn't do it yet. I think that's fair to say. I, I think that not he, saying he wouldn't end up there eventually. Maybe he would have at this yes, point. At but this like point. right now, where we're at, there is a certain groundswell, and I was trying to get him on the phone so bad the last week because he is a really funny dude. Like, if you've ever read yeah. any of his I interviews, knew, like he I knew says, you enjoyed his interview. Yeah, he's a very funny. Like, you know, it's like he was the guy that was on on Instagram saying or Twitter saying, "I don't see all I see here are swimming trophies." When he was at A and M, like it was like hilarious, yeah. <laughs> and like he was just joking, but it's just like he he. I think that he wants to play with the right person, and he was the person 
that told me at the Under Armour camp that he's in a group text with Arch Manning. This was like three or four months ago when I was whenever I was out there. Um, so, yes, like it's very, very, very hard to not buy back into Texas right now. And, you know, me, I've had that temperament my entire <laughs> life of like, hey, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. And, um, you know, just like that Godfather, right? You know, every time I'm out, they pull me back in. It's like I'm not going to be a. Uh, a Texas uh, homer anymore, but I just, they have all the nuts and bolts, in my opinion, to be a very good program if they can put it together. Yeah. And, and I've just, just a great week. Let's transition to Florida. Another team that at times you have been high on, you've written about the potential, the fact that Billy Napier quote gets it. They've beefed up their recruiting staff. We know all this, but not a great week for Florida. First, they missed out on Jalen Rashada, Jaden Rashada. Um, again, we can debate the missed, quote unquote, missed out what happened there. But they also these these to me are more almost important. The, the four star in state top one hundred uh, offensive lineman Roderick Kearney, I believe he's top one hundred, maybe not. Then Pup Howard, a linebacker from Jacksonville, I believe, goes to South Carolina. Roderick Kearney commits to Florida State right when he's done with his Florida visit. Now they did get a four star yesterday in Sharif. Denson, a cornerback from Jacksonville, but not a great week for Billy Napier. Do, do you agree kind of that those two in-state kids that went to South Carolina and Florida State respectively are almost a bigger deal than Rashada just because of what might have been going on with that Rashada? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just like it's hard to break down to me. You know, it's just and we're going to run into this problem more and more often. Um, yes. Uh, as the NIL world continues to descend into, you know, the, the pits of hell for us. But, you know, we. I do think that we still have to analyze what it means. You know what I mean? Because it's like Miami got He's a, still the head coach. He's in charge. He's of the still program. the head coach. And like Miami has a very good head coach, too. It's like I also feel like for as much flack as Billy Napier has been getting for some of these recruiting misses the last few weeks, Mitch, like Mario Cristobal is like not getting any credit, <laughs> you know, and it's like right. maybe, he, you know, maybe that's just the world we're living in. But like, do people forget that Mario Cristobal was one of the best national recruiters in the country two years ago last year? You know, like, I mean, he's still a very good recruiter and, you know, and he's I, recruiting I to his to, school, yeah, his own school, yeah, more, yeah. even more passionate. If I were a five star prospect before the NIL era and I lived in Dallas and I was choosing between Oregon and Miami, I think I'd rather go to Miami. Like, I don't know if that's just like my personal sentiment, you know, and, and I don't know. Oregon is has been a really cool program. And, you know, I can understand the appeal that it has to a lot of recruits and, and what it's become. And it plays in a conference that I think would be fun to play in. But. Like Miami's got great appeal, you know, for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with football, too. So and just in terms of cities, I'd rather live in, you know, um, I think that he has a chance to do something good here. Now, the thing that with, with Billy Napier is that even if you want to give him a pass for this, let's just say that that the uh, NIL was the main factor here. And I asked Jaden about it last night. and He looked at me in the face. and was I'm not talking about that. You know, like, I think that he's like at the end of his rope. Is he mad? It wasn't mad. It was stern. And I respected okay. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you had to ask. You had to ask. Well, of course. What am I going to do? Just be with him and not try to address the big issue. Um, but I still talked to him about it. And he was going in depth about the things that Miami did well during the recruiting visit. And it's just like, is that not like worth like I'm, I want to talk to you about this as my editor. Is that worth writing about? Yes. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's we're, we're all in new new territory here. But I was just going to say, maybe I'm being naive, but a kid's not going to want to go to a school he doesn't want to go. He's not going to go there if he doesn't want to go there. But some people might, right? If the money is big. You talked about going to Eastern Michigan, that you'd go to Eastern Michigan for a million dollars. If somebody gave me a boatload of money, I might go somewhere I don't want to go. But, okay, most of these places, it's not a boatload of money versus nothing. Yeah. I'm just making these numbers up. Let's say someone. How much money would you give up to go? We talked about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. we're we, we we've been over this many times our interest quote-unquote interest in value and money is a little bit different um i would if i were a recruit and i'm putting myself back you're in nashville 17, 17 years ago but like so if i was choosing between a place i really wanted to go to for six sixty thousand dollars versus ninety thousand dollars that school was paying me $30,000 more and i didn't want to go to that school i would choose the school i'd want to go to if it was ninety thousand or nothing Okay, maybe I'll go to the school I don't want to go to. But as long but as you're I'm getting like 50% what I, more is nothing. I'm not saying it's not nothing. I just want to go somewhere where I'm happy. Happier. Yeah. 
You're you're and you're a very unique person in that regard. I don't think I'm as unique as you think. I think so. I I, I think and, and so the, the quarterback. I think you're right. About, I think being happy <laughs> there's a premium there for sure. So like I'm, I don't let, think you're let, wrong, but I don't think that people who come okay. from different backgrounds are going to poo poo fifty percent of the, the cash. And I want to preface this by saying we know nothing about the NIL offers or what's right. Been we're just going we're on. just having a speculative no, no, but conversation. No, what I'm yeah. going to say here, but let's. Let's talk about the two other commits, kids. The Roderick Kearney going to Florida State and the Pup Howard going to South Carolina. Yeah. I will I will venture to guess that they're not going to those schools because of NIL differences. They might be getting something, but they're not the difference between what South Carolina and Florida State may or may not be, quote unquote, offering them. I think they. I think Florida got out recruited. I can't see a scenario, and when these two in-state kids that they really want, they lost to just because. Like, how much more money could South Carolina be offering a top two fifty cornerback? Yeah, no, I'm to make you. him not go to Florida. See my point? Did I, did I make that clear? linebacker even? Yeah, he's because I'm working on yeah. a story right now about how uh, recruiting coordinators would allocate cash and linebacker is not one of the ones that's really high on the list in terms of like where they would take their money if they if they yeah. had it um yeah that's a good point but did you, did you see what i'm saying i do yeah, yeah so it's a like, good point yeah um and like regardless of the money you can't like if you're the head coach of florida you know you might be able to say yeah well they lost out on a five-star quarterback or a, a top 50 quarterback because they didn't back up the nil truck sucks to suck right but at a certain point, you have to be held accountable. Like, I mean, not held. I mean, you have to win battles. You can't just say, well, we didn't pay as much a hundred times or you're going to end up back in Dan Mullen territory. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, yeah. you have to get it done one way or the other. So um, and like the assumption that like to me, it's just like if if you're Florida, you're probably going to have a pretty competitive package at a certain point. Anyway, you have to do something right. to overcome that. And I think that's your point, And I understand that. And I agree with it. Because okay. we can't we can't possibly go through the recruiting ranks and just say, well, uh, Florida signed the number 11 class in the country. And the reason why is because everybody paid more. It's not Billy Napier's fault. Like you take this job, you get paid as much money as you get paid uh, to lead that program. You have to figure out a way to overcome that because you can't live in that world. The reason why the co- coach is different and the reason why Billy Napier had has his job right now is because Florida was finishing number 11. Yeah. And I get that it's not. It's not uh, the same world as it was a year ago, but it kind of still has to be if you're Florida because the standards don't change. So I'm with you on that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, I wanna, uh, we're going to go to the mailbag later, but I don't know if you saw on our Stars Matter channel that, that, that John Hayes, um, one of our colleagues, brought up some, some good points on Billy Napier and see what you think about this. He's like, uh, hire was lauded by industry people. Like, it was one of those... I'm a smart football guy. Billy Napier's, you know, he's a great coach. 
But to the casual football fan and a 16-year-old kid, probably a name you haven't heard of before, not sure anyone knows what he looks like, is recording – we've we've touched on this – is recruiting now more about celebrity than it is about being a good football coach. I, I would argue that that's a valid point, but you can overcome any shortcomings you might have as far as notoriety. 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 By, by making a quick splash. Like – this is maybe not the best example, but Sam Pittman, no one knew who he was. And they're not expected to recruit and compete at the same level that Florida fans are. But he got off to a great start. Everyone loves Sam Pittman. They've recruited pretty well. Like He, he overcame some initial hurdles about him being kind of a no-name coach early where Billy Napier hasn't done that. But he could yeah, if they well, win. John if they start 4-0. I mean, Hayes has they a start point. I mean, like, because yeah. the sexiness factor of USC and the reason why I buy into it is because that's real. You know, yeah. But on the other hand, like, does a sixteen-year-old kid who lives in Phoenix know what Kirby Smart looks like? Like, I mean, is Kirby Smart a sexy celebrity? Not physically sexy. He He's a good-looking man. <laughs> I, I just mean, like, is he, he is does he like a sexy splash now? Maybe now because they won a national championship. But but he was Kirby a, Smart I think wasn't John, a sexy if, hire for for Georgia, was he? I, he I, I, yeah, I, I want I want to speak for John here, but I would argue that he was a highly regarded defensive coordinator who won multiple national championships from the Nick Saban tree who played at Georgia. So he was a sexy hire for Georgia and in-state kids knew who he was because of those ties. Can I ask you an honest question? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot or embarrass you, but I want you to be completely honest. Okay. If Dan Lanning walked past you in the grocery store, would you notice? He's one where I might not actually. Now, if you asked me this three years ago when I was at Athlon Sports, I could I could tell you every college football coach. I don't know that I would. Yeah, and like I I know what he looks like because I've I've written about him a lot. But like he kind of looks like Michael example. Buble to me. But it's a perfect example of that because because I, I could name of the 130 coaches. I think I could probably name 100. If you put Dan Lanning yeah. in like this Nike hat that I'm wearing and gym shorts, and he walked around a grocery store, I think he would walk right by me and I wouldn't notice, even though I know Fair. exactly what he looks like. Yeah. You know, and it's just like that. But if Urban Meyer walked by you or Nick Saban walked by you or Lincoln Riley walked by you, well, there's like, only a handful shit. of those. So like when John is what's John saying is, is the celebrity matter? I think it certainly does. And like even like his favorite school, Penn State, like James Franklin's a very recognizable person because he's been in the sure. game for so long. But right. I think that if that is the answer, the problem is there's not a lot of people that would rise up to that status, which is the reason why USC paid so much money for Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I mean, it's not a public information, but that man's probably making more than 10 mil a year. So it's like that can't be the answer either because there isn't this this long, unchecked uh, list of celebrity pop stars that can be the head coach of all these programs. I mean, there's only five of them, and they're all at really good jobs right now. It's like even right. Steve Sarkeesian, it, before he went to Texas, might have fallen into that list of would you know who he was if he walked by you in the grocery store in Ohio? And this might not be fair, but that's why in this current climate, it's with, with fans' expectations, it's so important to get off to a big start. And that big start used to be in your first season. Now that big start is in recruiting. Billy Napier hasn't coached a game yet, and we're having this conversation. Well, and this is the number one thing I get in my comments all the time, of just like, how the hell could you other, possibly other judge... Well, and I don't get that very often. Um, I get I outkicked my coverage a lot. Uh, I don't get okay. I don't get uh, I'm handsome. You're, you're offended by that, right? Well, I understand why people think that she's a really <laughs> she's a beautiful lady and I got to get back in shape. But um, I just called my wife a beautiful lady like we're like seven <laughs> years old. She's a very attractive young woman. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's just like that. that is a thing. And I think John's on to something. I. I Completely 100% went 1,000% in support of USC in their rebuild the second that Lincoln Riley got hired. And it wasn't because I thought that that all of a sudden USC was just this ticking time bomb that's about to explode when they hired the offensive guru from Oklahoma. It's because he's a young, handsome, um, offensive-minded coach who runs a really exciting you know offensive plan that puts up points. And that would be attractive to the people who live in Southern California. And so far, that's been right. Now, will he be able to fix their lines? That's another thing, but it's just like, you know, it's real, but it has to be overcome. And it's just, it's like maybe you could just say Florida has two things to overcome. Their, their coach is kind of uh, a group of five, a guy who came from a group of five program who had power five experience and knows what he's doing, but has to overcome his lack of celebrity. And also they're not winning in the NIL. But like if Florida wins the Cormani McLean 
battle. What are people going to say that Miami didn't offer enough? Because this is what happens. It's cyclical. Every week, somebody loses out on somebody because they didn't offer enough. And then that same school that lost out all of a sudden doesn't get doesn't get the guy or gets the guy next time. And then the other school lost out. Yeah, fair enough. Speaking of Miami, um, this one did not uh, garner as many headlines, but Nathaniel Joseph, four-star wide receiver, number 105 nationally, former Clemson commit from Miami committed. And there was some Louisville, a lot of Louisville buzz a couple of weeks ago coming off of the Ruben Owens commitment because I think Joseph committed or, or visited that weekend. So another big local get there. Um, your favorite school to talk about, Washington. A really nice week for Kalen DeBoer. Uh, nine commits in the last week. Two four-stars, defensive tackle Anthony James and four-star defensive back Vincent Holmes. Uh, James from Texas, Holmes from California. They just got another commit literally as we're as we're talking right now. So a little momentum for Kalen DeBoer after a, a big weekend there. So um, If Kalen DeBoer walked by me in the grocery store, I wouldn't even know he's in football. I don't know what he looks like. I, I, if we're just, it's like okay. funny, like that we're like you will, you will soon once he's winning big game, when winning games. Yeah, no, I, I maybe I will. You know, he's the for Fresno State to Washington's a big step, so we'll see. Uh, you know what it's like, but it's like funny when you think about it, like in the terms that John just brought up. And I'm not trying to drag us back on the last question. It's like 85. So yeah, are we, are we going to rank all 131 coaches now based on uh, how we recognize them? Well, I wonder if we ranked the top one or the hundred top 100 coaches based on marketability or recognizability. He would probably be in the bottom 10%. Right? Uh, P5. Yeah. Bottom 10% of the P5. Yeah. Yeah. But we couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Alabama. We, you know what? As much as we talk about how awesome Alabama is, Ari, we don't seem to talk about Alabama much on a week-to-week basis because they seem to do all their stuff late in the process. Now there's a lot of NIL talk there at Alabama, like they're they're losing some kids because of NIL, but that's that's another topic. But they did get five-star cornerback Tony Mitchell from Thompson High School in Alabaster that has emerged. Aaron Suttles wrote about this last uh, in the offseason, I think, how uh, Thompson High School has really emerged as a pipeline there, uh, five-star corner. But now Peter Woods, a five-star defensive lineman from the same high school, is announcing soon, and Aaron believes that there's a lot of Clemson buzz there. Mm-hmm. Alabama also got three-star athlete Brayson mm-hmm. Hubbard from Pascagoula, Mississippi, and an unranked junior college transfer yesterday, a linebacker, although he had offers from Florida, Texas A&M, and Oregon. So we can talk – the numbers are down as usual, but Alabama's average player rating is number one in the country. So is this just a typical Alabama cycle? Yeah. I mean, aren't they always slow? Yeah. So, you know, we'll worry about that later. I Their their average player ranking is over 95 right now, isn't it? Um, And if, it, if yeah. it's over 95, you know, Tony Mitchell, he just committed like three days ago. You know, I, I can't possibly uh, have a discussion about being concerned about Alabama like ever, but uh, certainly not three days after getting a five star prospect. So, you know, I think that they are. Um, so a, just no, should I write a note? Like, let's let's let. Oh, you didn't respond. To my Slack message a couple weeks ago, what was when it? Alabama got a com- Alabama got a commitment, a 2024 commitment. Oh, I saw that though. I from, talked about it with from somebody a kid else with, who yeah. had offers from Alabama A and M, like a bunch of FCS schools, maybe one, maybe Georgia State. And I wanted you to write a column how the dynasty is dead because Alabama is offering 24 kids with no with no other offers. When Alabama got their doors blown off by Clemson in the playoff a few years ago, the next year uh, Nick Saban's class was like had like four or five commits in July and then none of them were really highly rated. And I think I wrote in a mailbag, like, is this the beginning? Are we starting to feel the end of the be- the beginning of the end here? And then like two months later, they got like seven, five stars. And it was just like, I'm such a moron and I'm never doing that again. And it's like, it's funny because sort of like never saying Texas is back. Yeah, but I'm back on Texas, I think. Um, so you're back on Texas is back. Okay. The question is whether I'm back. You know, Texas has always been back. It's but whether or not I'm back to. Rec- <laughs> I, I can envision. You know how when you see, I, I this seems to be like more of an SEC thing. But I don't know. Like when teams win a national title, all the players will dive in the middle of the field and they'll have the the logo of the team, like the SEC or national title photo. I just see Texas winning a title in a few years, an SEC title in their first year with an SEC sign. All the players lying on the ground and Ari in the middle with his finger up, number one. You think they'll invite you in there? I just like don't know which programs like i have to root for the most it's like i feel like i'm like the number one usc fan right now in the entire world you root for them not because you're rooting for usc you're rooting to be right yeah right of course 
Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm you. okay being wrong. So, like, I don't, like, people are like, like, you know, the thing that's been happening a lot to me is Ohio State picked up a, a top 200 commit in the defensive side of the ball. And now every single time Ohio State gets a commit, a bunch of Ohio State fans tweeting me like, look at you, moron. And it's just like, am I like not allowed to just talk about theory and and like thought right. like have any original thoughts whatsoever? Like, it's like okay, fine. I, Ohio I State you. is the perfect program. Nothing will ever go wrong. They'll sign the number one class every year. They are amazing. Okay, that's it. We never have to talk about Ohio State ever again. And it's like kind of like no, the same I, I thing with Alabama you. too, though. Like it's just like okay, they're great. What, what they got even when they get a five star commitment, I don't even like write about it sometimes because it's like so regular at this point. It's just like not even interesting. So, okay, Ohio State, you're perfect. Um, we'll never discuss anything again uh, as it pertains to not being perfect. And I'm sorry for ever having an outside thought that doesn't uh, equate to them being perfect. Okay. Um, I, I believe that you believe all of, and I'm, I'm not going to call them hot takes because you believe them, like, and you don't need me to defend you. But Ohio State, there's some things going on. You made some good points, some observations. So you threw out a theory that this could happen. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm an asshole. You know, everyone yeah. says you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. And the other thing, too, is this podcast would be a lot. This podcast would be boring if you didn't have any. Uh, yeah. Good takes. Also, like, what's a hot take? Like, I've, I've heard people say I've got hot takes. It's like when when Skip Bayless intentionally says LeBron's not good. That's a hot take. Like insane bullshit. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. When I say stuff on the podcast, I like to think that the things that I say are reasoned with fact and knowledge of like what we're talking about. And like, yes, yes. Ohio State has now got the number one class in the country, <laughs> and maybe they'll sign 12 top 100 players and I'll look like a complete idiot. But the theory and the discussion was based in an understanding of the way this stuff works. And if Ohio State overcomes that, then that's an example of said. Ryan Day doing an amazing recruiting job. Not that the challenges didn't exist. And I'm going to write that column at the end of the cycle if it gets to that point. So, you know, there's still a long way to go there, but it's like, this is a recruiting podcast. And if you just want us to go down a list, I'll just sit here like this with my arms like this to my side. And Mitch can just go down the list of everybody who committed this week and we'll go, yeah, big get. Oh, this is an important <laughs> target. And then there's like, just say the most generic bullshit that we can come up with so that, so that I'm not criticized for being wrong when I'm not even making a prediction. Then we'll do that. I mean, it's up to you. Like, okay. wh- like that's okay. Well, I get wound up a little bit. No, no, I understand. Let's talk about Ohio State. Great. As you mentioned, number number one class, some idiot I heard on a podcast said they'd finish like number 25 in recruiting. That's the other thing that's never happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So number one class, 14 commitments among the top 10 teams in the uh, 247 composite. Only Georgia has fewer commitments. So this is clearly not a case of Ohio State vaulting to the number one spot because they have a lot of commitments. Their average player rating of 94.12 is just second is second behind Alabama at 9534. They have five top 100 kids, four top 50 kids, two five stars. They got is it Kayenly, Kayenly, the cornerback from Cedar Grove High yep. in Georgia at 145. But here's a new term. Landis and I were going back and forth on on Slack. A kid you've written a lot about, Calvin Simpson Hunt, a cornerback mm-hmm. from Texas who was committed, Waxahachie, Texas, committed to Texas Tech. He's been visiting Steve Wiltfong from 247, who's most people consider the, the best in the business when it comes to the crystal ball predictions. He crystal balled him to Ohio State, deleted it, and then Bill Landis reported yesterday that he was re-crystal balled. I love that term. Someone's been re-crystal balled to Ohio State. So keep your eyes on Calvin Simpson Hunt Ohio State. I have, I have a hot take guy. about crystal balls. Can I interrupt you and say it? Uh, let's hear it. I think that if you lock in a crystal ball, then yeah, you don't you get to change, change it. it. Yep. Which means that you don't put it in until you're ready to put it in. And then if you don't and if you don't put one in and the kid commits, then you're not you're not graded for it. But I think the crystal ball should be there as a and, and I, I get it. Like crystal balls are probably more to help people realize like who's trending and where kids are leaning in the moment. But it's like some of these guys have like a 97% conversion rate. And it's like, well, they changed it six times before the end of the commitment. So, uh, yeah, but Calvin Simpson hunt is a very, very, very good player. I've seen him in person. I wrote about him a few weeks ago, and this is the challenge that Texas tech is going to get whenever they find somebody that's too good. And I love their strategy. Just, you know, sign a bunch of six foot one freak athletes that might not be that great at football yet, but are physically insanely gifted and, and hope for the best on the line. But if you actually are super right, 
then you have to beat off Alabama and Ohio State, and that might be a hard thing to do. So I don't know. You're going to lose some. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but not just some. You're going to lose the ones at the top. <laughs> so, like, that's the – you don't yeah. lose, like, oh, you're going to lose, like, a, a a random player here and there. No, you're going to lose the top ep- echelon of your class at the end when somebody scoops them out. It's like that's the – he goes to a, an official visit at Ohio State, walks to the Woody Hay Center, sees all the trophies, sees the Heismans, the, the facility is insane, and – the draft pick wall is pretty extensive uh, and it kind of changes your perspective a little bit about like how much uh, relationships matter to you. And I'm not trying to speak for him. Maybe he'll still end up at Texas tech, but I I don't know if I were a five-star or a four-star five-star prospect who had NFL aspirations. If who discovered me first would be really a big deal to me. If I had the opportunity to go to a place that turns out NFL draft picks, like they're handing out Halloween candy, Ohio state's perfect. <laughs> Speaking about another perfect school, LSU, as I mentioned earlier, two of the top three players in the state of Louisiana are now committed to Texas. The highest rated in-state player in LSU's class right now. What do you think it is? Don't number What number player in Louisiana do you think is the highest rated? Player that's committed to, or the highest rated to, player to, in Louisiana? To, highest rated player who's committed to LSU in the state. Oh, man. I don't like, even what know. What number? 277. No, no, no. Like what number in the state? Oh, eight. Like if you went down, number 15. Oh, shit. Yeah, Trey Holly, the running back, is number 230 nationally. So it's obviously it's a great year in the state. Number 15 players, 230. Oh, only wow. That is of, a really good player for the state. Yeah, a year for the yeah, state. Only yeah. three of te- the top 10 players in the state have committed Arch, Derek Williams, and Eli Holstein. So I just, I've been re- you know, reading some stuff. I read uh, Brody Miller's story, uh, recruiting story the other day. Too early to panic. Some of these guys have been uncommitted. They will get some of those guys, but in a really good year in state, it looks like that new staff isn't exactly going to clean up. Well, three out of the four uh, top-rated players in the state are committed to out-of-state schools, and two of them are five-star quarterback. Oh, Eli Holstein's a four-star, but you, you get the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Shelton Sampson, I think, is going to LSU, right? I, I, it seems like he, he, he's pro- yeah, he's a five-star like. receiver that is still going to be in the fold. But if you go – I'm looking at the list now, actually, and – um, I'm seeing a lot of crystal balls to other schools that aren't LSU. So, like, Tackett Curtis is a linebacker that's really high on Perfect Ohio State's board, and I think that Perfect Ohio State's going to get them or get him. Um, at least I think Landis does. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was very curious to see how uh, LSU was going to do, and the one thing that LSU simply cannot do and will never survive is losing the stranglehold that they have on Louisiana. And there might be, like, weird years where – you know, you have a quarterback uh, or two that are in the top five that you don't get. And like Arch Manning, like, I don't even know. Can you possibly give Brian Kelly shit for not getting him? Like, that's just such a weird recruitment. And it's a and he's his first year, you know. There's been three elite Manning recruits all went to the same high school in New Orleans. And none, none of them have to- gone to LSU. I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a. Yeah. And it's like last year yeah. they got Walker Howard. So, like, they're fine. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you need it. There's some schools that sign five-star quarterbacks every year. I don't know that you need to do that. Um, so, uh, you know who does? Ohio State because they're, they're perfect. perfect. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It is like one of these things too. And I got a I got a question. Somebody tweeted at me. Um, how much do recruiting rankings matter in? Um, they matter a lot in oh, in, ju- in June. And maybe I'll add that to I'll add that to my mailbag for next week. But I'm not doing a mailbag next week. Because you're going to be on vacation. I'm going on vacation to Palm Beach. I get a week off from Ari. I'm still going to text you stuff, though. Uh, Please do. But I don't know. It's just like sometimes, too, it's just like we have to analyze things as we go and as we get information. And right now, again, theory, it looks like LSU isn't going to have like LSU could assign a top seven class, which is Louisiana kids alone this year if they if they did that. And it looks like based on reading the tea leaves right now that they're not going to. 100% take advantage of the in-state prospects that they have this year. Is that Brian Kelly? Is it just a weird cycle? I don't know. I'll let I'll let you decide that. But that is the one thing that LSU absolutely could never do is lose the stranglehold on their state because that's been their number one recruiting advantage. Don't know the answer to this question, but with recruiting calendar accelerated even more with the June official visits in the last two years, does that put new coaching staffs behind the eight ball even more? Like in a normal year, if Brian Kelly gets hired in whenever he got hired in late November or December, December, he's got almost a full year on this class of 2023 kids in Louisiana because most of them used to not commit until, you know, even with the early signing period, he had through the football season. 
But now when so many of them are committing in June, that new staff doesn't, with the dead periods, they don't have that much time to get in with these players. Does that, that make sense at all? It does, yeah. I think that there's a lot of things that are working against coaches right now. I think recruiting is just going to be harder and harder. And you know what I was thinking about while you were asking that question? Because like, like there wow, are, Mitch is a smart guy. Yeah, Mitch, is that what you were no, thinking? And he's handsome. No, I was right. thinking, um, where do we put Brian Kelly into that like John Hayes rock star discussion? I, w- I think he's pretty high on that sort of like awkward, goofy, older guy rock star. He's the guy that people know who he is. You don't coach at Notre Dame for 10 years without being a quote unquote rock star. Yeah, agree? I guess. Yeah, I think I'd put him closer to the rock star than I mean, if Brian Kelly walked next yeah. to me in the grocery store, I'd be like, holy shit, that's Brian Kelly. <laughs> so like, like that's he doesn't fall under that category. But I do think that the right coaches completely change that. Like if Lincoln Riley takes the job in December at USC, it's like, okay, he's got two weeks to get these 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 commits. And I think he did a pretty good job closing out with some some big time prospects in last year's class. And 2023 is already on the right track. It's like it depends on who you are, I think, is the answer to that question. And I think that Brian Kelly should probably rise to the standard where he doesn't fall behind. Like for Billy Napier, way harder, I think. And like Billy yes. Napier came in last year and in December. And more in state competition. More in state competition. Got guys too. And took a guy from Georgia. So I was like, holy crap, this guy, this guy is like, I'm in, I'm in on this. You know, and then now we're we're having the conversation today that we're having. Um, but Brian Kelly, I think, should be able to overcome that. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit directtv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clemson has um, done well of late. Four-star interior offensive lineman from Odessa Permian today. I gotta didn't write his name down. I have to um, go. I have to go there. I just like like the movie. His name is Harris yeah, Sewell. Well, yeah. Okay. So yeah, of Friday Night Lights fame. Um, I read. Did you read the book? No, I saw the movie so, yeah. a thousand times though. Yeah, I read the book. Seen the movie. A is bunch. the book it's better than the movie? movie? It's just. Yeah, I mean, the movie was really good. The book was better. Is the book it's just fiction? More... No, the the TV show is fiction. No, the TV the... show I know is fiction. Was the movie fiction? No, the whole thing's real. The book was done. Uh, no, I know, uh, but like, is it dram- it's dramatized, right? Like, there's like no the book. The book is the movie is probably dramatized to a degree. The book is a hundred percent just great reporting. It's fantastic. It's I'm know, gonna read the book. You should read. You should read it just because to see how high school. How it's different now than it was back then. Because I've but, talked to um, Texas coaches, and I've like wondered. Because when I first moved here, and I and I think I sounded like a moron, but I said, "Is like the Friday Night Lights likely. thing like in these small towns? Is that like real? Is it kind of like the way the movie depicted?" And he's like, "That's all bullshit. Like it's not like that. It's like all I think about is like the the kids cutting class and drinking beer on a couch on the front lawn and running the asylum and, and like everybody running. Like I know people care. I know businesses might yeah. close to watch the games on Friday nights, but like the way they depict." the student athletes like the way that varsity blues was and all the, like, that's how i view for I, and i don't think there's a lot of high school situations that are like that maybe there are i don't know i would love i've just driven through odessa and i've gone to permian's parking lot to see the the school and like if you didn't know it just looks like a regular high school and i think that their stadium is huge but it's far away from their their high school sort of like sort of like, it's like in miami yeah it's like, it's like <laughs> pit is off campus but like pit isn't in pittsburgh like it's all, it's not yeah. on campus, but it's like downtown Pittsburgh, and like I think you could walk to the stadium. It might be a long walk, but I th- right. I don't think you could walk from no Coral idea. Gables to have, the to the stadium they play in. I've driven through Pittsburgh once. I've never been there. Pittsburgh so I, is I, one of the five worst traffic cities in America. Really? Yeah. In my opinion. In fact, I don't know how big Pittsburgh is, but I was talking to my kids about this the other day, like the largest cities that I've never been to, and I did not include Pittsburgh. I think Miami and San Antonio were the two biggest cities i've never been to 
So what's your um, standard for been to like spent the night and like it went yeah, into yeah, the like town? airport doesn't count. Like I've been to the Miami airport. That doesn't count. Like spent gone there for but what a if reason. you were on a road trip and you're driving from Philadelphia to Columbus and you have to drive through Pittsburgh and you go through the downtown area. Does that count as being there? No, no. Like I've driven through Louisville literally 50 times on the way to the in-laws. I, w- I have been to Louisville other than that, but I would not count that as. Being oh, like, I count that. Here's, a, here's an example. When we went, it, when uh, when I first started the athletic, we had the summit in Indianapolis at the combine. I had ne- I'd driven through Indianapolis, same thing on the way to, to Michigan, fifty times, but I'd never stopped in Indianapolis, so I would have never said I'd been to Indianapolis until I spent three days there for the combine. Oh, so. Oh, I think you've driving just, through driven- counts. Okay, well, we 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 we'll have to agree to disagree. Because like you see, it's like seeing it, right? Like, what well, you need to go see a sit at Buffalo Wild Wings to get the experience. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, I was going to dive into some mailbag questions. Do you have anything else? Anybody else? Come I have like, like, like as talking? we've been talking, there's been so many story ideas that have been popping into my head and like, I'm trying to figure out what I should do after we're done here, but we can talk about that when we're done. Okay, good. Um, Michael H wants to, I two part question here. Michael H wants to know, is Tuck coming? And Sean K wants to know to what extent is Tuck coming? You'll have to ask Tuck that. Okay, I'll put that down. I put uh, those down from last week as a joke. They uh, because it was it was on the heels of your Michigan. They got State. a crystal I, ball I'm, from um, a prospect um, that is a top one hundred player, um, and it seems like they're going to get him. I can't pronounce his name very well. Can you try to pronounce it? By Job, by Job, yeah, Joby or Job, Job. He uh, is the number sixty four overall player nationally out of well, Norman, it's Oklahoma. He he dropped it. He's not from Norman. I mean, he went to high, he goes to high school there, I guess. But his top three, everyone expected, was going to be Michigan State, Vanderbilt, and uh, Miami. Like he just went an official visit to Miami, and I think that uh, to Vanderbilt and then Miami, and then he dropped it. Dropped three with Alabama. Supposedly he's not a committable offer, and then Oklahoma, who says he's not going to, even though he's from there. So it's is he from there or Michigan not from State. there? What did you say? Well, I think he went to high school, but he's not. I I don't know if he's I don't think he's American. I didn't grow up in America. Okay, yeah, so but he's not like a, yeah. he's not a huge Norman culture person no, that wasn't offended no. by my uh, USC LA take. No, um, not that's not. Yeah, he actually he was going to go to o- Oklahoma until he heard your take and that you don't like Norman. So he's, and like, he's just sitting waiting for the USC offer. Um, last yeah. night when I was it's uh, the late June and it was in late June and I was on this football field last night in the the sunset and it was sixty seven degrees outside in the the air was blowing through my hair and I was like, I don't understand how anybody could ever want to live anywhere else. It was a, it was a brisk, the air was crisp. You could smell the sea air. There's seagulls flapping <laughs> around. It's like, yeah, I would never want to live here. <laughs> also, he's the number 64 overall player in the country as an edge rusher. And it's not a committable offer to Alabama. Tell me when things are really good for your program. Right. Um, all right, we've talked a lot about this, so I don't want to spend too much time on this question, but Cody asked, and these are from last week because we didn't get to them. Um, which of the Florida big three would you put put your money on being the best over the next 10 years? It's got to be Miami right now, right? <sighs> the look at, usually not lacking in like a quick response or a, a take. I don't know. How would, I don't know the answer to that. Florida State does not that. seem to have a lot of buzz right now. You're not going to answer that. I think Florida State's recruiting coordinator that you just got is a really sharp dude. Okay. And they're about to get another commitment, I think, that's really good. And they just got another one. Uh, they just took from Florida uh, after he the left. Kid, I mean, yeah. like, I don't want to okay. be the person that puts the stake in the ground and say Florida State's dead yet. Okay. But, that's like, fair. of all the coaches, like, Mike Norvell probably finishes third on, like, the sexy meter. And, like, Mario Cristobal probably – I mean, it's probably Miami because they seem to have the most NIL – momentum and they have a coach that was a very good national recruiter um and their coach is also from miami which is about taking the talent that's in south florida and keeping it home i think that like the three strikes i would give to miami if i had to guess but like it's a yeah, hard it's a, question because i think it's a good question though the fact that you couldn't mr athlon um, who knows everything about college football off the top of his head have all three of them been really really good at the same time before Good question. Um, I know. I know. Uh, Miami and Florida early, State have early nineties. Early nineties, I would say so. Because also, too, 
if Mario Cristobal does a good job and they're getting a quarterback from California, if he keeps 25 or 30 percent of the elite level prospects at home. Oh, Mike Zimmerman just said uh, 2003. They were all very good. Um, I was 14, so I don't know. Yeah. Or the early 90s, too, I believe. Like, that's when the. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do think that there is a chance that Miami can be awesome with out of state talent as much as in state talent. Florida is a you know owns the south and then florida state does its own thing and picks up what what miami doesn't get in florida there's a path for all three of them being good um but i think we need to start with one of them being good first and then we'll go from there ryan a you're starting the football program at a newly formed acc power in northwest georgia okay rome rome georgia you have the option of signing kirby smart to a 10-year contract nick saban to a five-year contract or anywhere else in america to a 12-year contract, which do you choose? Uh, Kirby Smart to a 10-year contract. He's from Georgia. He's won a national championship as the head coach at the University of Georgia. Yeah, it's probably Kirby. I mean, like, this is two questions in a row. That no, I'm, you, I'm just uh, trying to think. Like, are we gonna just like oh, Nick Saban for five years is a long <laughs> freaking time? <laughs> Nick Saban for five years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, I know, and he's he's no doubt going to jumpstart your program. And you're going to be awesome to hand it off. Yeah. Also, like the guy that is the person you were hired like is probably not who he is without Nick. So it's just like, but and also too, he's an established national championship winning coach from Florida who just won. They're from Georgia who just won a national championship at Georgia for the first time in 1980. It's like both of those options are great. Who would be the coach that you would hire for 12 years if you had to take that option? And it could not be. You could hire anybody else in America, not those two for 12 years. It's like, cause twelve years is a long time, but I would—I certainly don't think I would take anybody over Kirby Smart for two more years. So that option was completely out from the second I heard it. But if you had to take that option, and the question Sorry? was no, just, are you kidding? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Lincoln Riley. I think it would be Lincoln Riley because he's young too. But he's not. You're not quite as sexy in in Rome, Georgia, as you are in. Uh, I don't think it gives a LA, you, Is Norman, Oklahoma, a sexy place? Oh God, I, I did it again. Asking, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is Tuscaloosa, um, Alabama, right? sexy? Is a- I no. guess Athens is a cool college town, but like. Yeah. yeah. I don't think any of these places are I, particularly sexy, except couple, LA. Couple more. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to get a question asked on this, uh, ask about Wake Forest. My, um, I'm going to be a Wake Forest dad in about a month and a half. Um, Wake Forest made a, this is from Gregory C. Wake Forest made a little splash last week, uh, signing. They didn't sign, getting commitment from Antonio Robinson Jr. over a few decent Power Five schools, and seemed to be. See, Ari's not even paying attention to my Wake Forest question. And seems to be in the running for a couple other four stars. This isn't the first time the Deeks have landed a four star recruit. This is kind of a general question, not specifically about Wake Forest. But do you see this as a sign Wake Forest will be playing and occasionally winning among the bigger schools from a recruiting standpoint? I just think like programs that say, oh, we don't, they don't swim in those waters. They want to swim in those waters. They just haven't been able to. So as programs get better and build and sustain success, they're going to start recruiting a little higher level. So a program like Wake Forest that keeps having winning seasons, they're more likely to get a few more four stars every year. Yeah. I talked to the dude that created the Wake Forest Collective and I wrote a story about yeah. it. He, I want to tailgate with him before a game this year. He, he probably, I'll get you his number. He probably would. He listens to the we, podcast. He DM'd me first. I'm, I oh, that's right. Up, okay. Okay. You're, yeah. yeah, I'm the I'm the bridesmaid. I get it. Uh, I yeah. don't. He was kind of stunned at the not stunned. I don't think that he was even thinking along those lines. Like when he made it, and it's like you never know what like a place like I think that everybody could build something because it's like if you look at a lot of the programs that are very good, what is it about those programs other than the history of how good they were that set them apart? I guess financial buy-in, you know, universe, university support from administrators and fan pa- passion. And like Wake Forest is an interesting place because it's such a small university. There aren't a lot of students. So like, I don't know, like, I don't think they'll ever be Alabama, but why would, why can Clemson own the ACC right now? And then Wake Forest has zero shot. Like tradition is tradition history. like what Clemson's got a huge yeah. like history of 1944 like, being awesome. Like, I don't know anything about their history other than Woody. If commitment got- and buy in like schools like Wake Forest can be committed to football. Stanford can be committed. To, Northwestern can be committed to football, but it's all relative. They're not committed on the same. Yeah. To the same I think degree. you can even make the case that Michigan's not committed on the same degree. 
and they made the playoff last year. Which is year. fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, which is yeah. fine. I mean, so. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I wonder, it's like the question is how much can NIL collectives and um, all the money that's getting poured into the kids' pockets change the the direction of a program? But I wonder how has that adjusted the glass ceiling that is above some programs when the university itself isn't bought into being amazing like some of the other places are? I was just approaching it more from a football standpoint. Like the more you prove that you're going to be good every year, you're going to you're going to get the attention of a couple more four stars. Sure, I think if Wake Forest went six, had the year that they had last year, seven years in a row, then in year eight they'd be able to get better players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, one more question, then we'll go trivia. Aaron B. Can Brent Pry get Virginia Tech recruiting in the top twenty? I realize the program has limitations, but are classes in the sixteen to twenty range possible? I don't see how many limitations they have. Well, I was going to ask, what are a, the limitations? Yeah. I mean, you could say geography, but they're they're in the southeast. They have an in-state program that's Virginia that they should be able to out-recruit. Of course, there's going to be competition for players in Virginia, North Carolina. We know what North Carolina's done there. But Virginia Tech had the coolest player in the country, and Michael Vick first stretch there. They they Andy Bitter just wrote about it. Go back and read. Uh, Kevin Jones, the number one recruit in the country in 2001 or 2002, picked Virginia Tech over his home state, Penn State. They have been elite. I, that's a program. Great fans. I don't see that high of a ceiling for them. I, mean, I don't see why they can't have a really high ceiling. Yeah, I don't know why they signed the number 59 overall class in 2020. Like, I mean, they have they've had some really really bad classes, you know, but they've also had some good ones and. It's like, I don't know, when I was a kid, Virginia Tech was badass. So um, what is it that needs to happen? Like, it's like Virginia Tech is certainly not in the hopeless category. Not at all. I mean, I that was one of the college visits I went on my son. I'd never been there. Cool little college town stadium. It's not the biggest stadium, but it's great for them. I, I am I'm a Virginia Tech advocate. Yeah. I think they should be better than they've been. Yes. Yes. Like if you think about the ACC in general, there's like six fans. teams in the ACC that are trying to like take over the conference, and like Virginia Tech doesn't seem to be in that mix, and I think they should be. What I think that's what gets fans going is when, when they don't feel like that is yeah. To its, what's happened there? Uh, are you ready for a little trivia? Yeah. Oh, I got to adjust this. Um, the last two years. 2022 class and 23 class commitments. So 2022 signees, 23 commitments. How many programs assigned three five-star players? Including, no, including the commitments. So have gotten at least three five-star players? Yes. Uh, 11. Eight. Eight. Okay, I You've had a good that. run of not embarrassing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought maybe Texas have just joined the list today. That's why I was trying to like I, I overdid it a little no, bit. So can I guess the were. programs? Yes, that's that's oh. more the point. I, the more the point okay. was to talk about the programs. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, for sure. Well, hold on. Right. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Yes, Georgia is second with six. Alabama's first with five. Ohio State is fourth with four. Texas A and M because they had like nine last year. Yeah, they had eight. They're first. I think Penn State had is there. Penn State's four. They had three last year. They yeah, had one this year. Uh, Clemson, three. Yes. Okay, so how many more do I have to go? Uh, you didn't did say I, Texas, but you did earlier. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, I got one more. They, uh, Picture a sexy coach on the West Coast. Oh, SC. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, should have been one of the easy ones. That's the one I didn't get. Right. I didn't know if there was like a sneaky one because I think Notre Dame had two. North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Tennessee are the other ones with two. Yeah. So it didn't do so bad. No, your goal is not to embarrass yourself. Yeah, I mean, some of those the first ones were pretty embarrassing, but I feel like I'm getting a good groove. Yeah. Um, This was actually I have fun every week, Barry. This to me was a really fun show. It was. Yeah. The hour went by quickly. Lots to talk about. Um, Okay. you are you will be in California for two more full days or just one more? Like, uh, is it three I day? leave Friday morning, so it's a three day camp. Yeah, the big like culmination of the camp is Thursday uh, for two hours in the middle of the day. Cool. But like when cool. I was booking my flight, it was a very hard thing to schedule because we didn't get the full actual schedule till like two yeah. days ago. So yeah, why would they um, do that? 
How many media are out there, by the way? Not as much as last year. I feel like the, okay. the event is, well, I mean, part of the reason, too, is that usually the Ohio State beat sends like 27 people, uh, but this year they don't <laughs> have like a clear-cut target that they're going after, so there's no... Um, like reason for the entire media contingent to come in. But, uh, gotcha. you know, 247, Rivals guys all there. Um, there's just not as many people there in general this year. Oh, one like more thing I need f- to say. Yeah. Just pay attention. I'm worried about you, Ari. I got sources told me that Ari got hit by two footballs yesterday when he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, because people were missing them so badly. Jaden Rashada <laughs> hit me in the groin. <laughs> Antonio was like texting Mitch live updates of how many times i got hit by a football yeah i was texting my wife good night and all of a sudden i got hit in the side of the face with a football that Jaden rashada airmailed by nine yards oh, yeah <laughs> but yeah i've asked for the yeah. for the uh, our bosses to to invest in an re cam today so we can see you actually getting hit by a ball yeah no but i really enjoy going out there it's fun to hang out and, and watch these guys and i'm trying my best to, to produce as much content as i can for you so i thought it was a good show and a good way to wrap it up um you want me to take them home take us home That was Stars Matter. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. 